Welcome to the Voices of Marketing Podcast. And now your host, John Shea. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today on the show I have Nick Ruiz. He's uh, here from uh, Recycled Go-Getter to share his story. Nick actually runs a podcast just like I have. He recently launched his new podcast and uh, gotten a new and noteworthy. So Nick's here today to talk about his story through entrepreneurship, uh, real estate, and podcasting. Welcome to the show, Nick. John, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. So do you kind of want to share your story, you know, talk a little bit about how you got into uh, you know, entrepreneurship, marketing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go back. Um, so there's a lot of crazy stories uh, when I was a kid with entrepreneurship, really wacky stuff. So I won't go into a lot of stuff, but the bottom line is I knew I was an entrepreneur at a very young age, probably younger than 10 even. Just the, the fact that I would always be trying to buy, sell, make deals with people. Okay. Um, so then I rolled into high school, did some more stuff, uh, ran like betting pools. I was, was trying to squeak a buck out of something, I swear. Like it was just in my nature. Um, I um, bought and sold electronics. This was back in like the mid 90s. So I was like selling CD players and pagers and doing all kinds of stuff. And I actually got in trouble in school. Um, but I just knew I liked doing that, like buying low, selling high, connecting with people, making deals was literally fun. Okay. Thrilling. And then, you know, I, uh, let's see, when I was um, a teenager, I worked in a family business, did a lot of inside sales. So I really refined sales skills, which I believe all entrepreneurs are in some form of sales, no matter what industry, right? Um, you need to sell yourself, your ideas, your products, your services. So entrepreneurs are salespeople. Um, so I was able to refine some of those sales skills. But what really um, kind of was like a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal moment in my entrepreneurial career was in when I was a junior or senior in high school, I joined a network marketing company called uh, Amway and it turned into Quickstar. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I know it. I was, I, I was pitched on the uh, Amway presentation brought to a hotel unknowingly yeah. what I was getting into. Was this years ago or? Oh yeah. This was like, I had, it had to be five to seven years ago at least. Yeah. Okay. This was back in 98 when I, when I was uh, involved with this, right? And uh, I was, like I said, 17 or 18. In fact, I was 17 because I remember you had to be 18 to sign up, but I wanted to really badly. So I think my parents actually had like co-sign for me to like give yeah. me parental permission to get into this company. But uh, it really turned me on because I was like, wait a minute, you really only need like 150 bucks to start this thing. So it was, you know, low barrier to entry and you can build this up. People were making millions of dollars and it offered residual passive income, you know, work today and get paid every month forever. That's a, that's an enticing, um, income model, you know, very enticing. Everybody, everybody wants passive income. I mean, period. Yeah. So it offered that. And I never made a ton of money. I signed up a lot of people, but what it, here's what, here's what I was able to do with that. And that's what kind of, and we'll get into what, what I'm doing now and things like that. But the reason it was so pivotal and I, and I, um, it changed my life is because it taught me number one, I would get, it taught me like kind of public speaking. I would get in front of people in my parents' basement at the time. I'd invite 40, 50 year old adults and do this presentation for 30 to 45 minutes in front of all these adults. So it, it made me overcome that kind of fear. But the main thing it taught me was how to instantly gain rapport with people um, and go out and uh, like 
prospecting, they called it, where you literally go to like a bookstore, go in like the business section. And I'm 17 years old at the time. And I'm looking at people and I'm, you know, you have to like force yourself to strike up conversations because in these businesses, the first thing they do is tell you to call everybody, you know, Hey, do you want to, re you know, cause it's a recruiting business. Okay. Exactly. I'm not promoting this model in any way. In fact, I, I don't have the energy to get involved in any of those companies, but I'm not knocking it either. I'm neutral on them. You know, I think they're a good model for some people. So I just want to make that clear. But anyways, you run out of the people you know, okay? So then what you have to do is they teach you prospecting. Now you have to go out in the world and find people you don't know. And remember, internet marketing wasn't around back then. You couldn't blast people with emails. I mean, none of that. This was all like, you know, you had to go face to face and approach one person at a time to build your business. So. I would go and uh, force myself, I'd go to stores and pretend like I was buying stuff, go to the bookstore, and I would approach people and I'd be like, hey, you know, what are you reading, or blah, blah, blah. And then I'd have to like turn a casual conversation into presenting them with an idea and eventually trying to not close them. You don't want to close people uh, on that initial contact. What you want to do is just take the cold market and warm it up a little bit, okay? And um, that's, a, that's a very valuable skill, by the way, to just to meet a stranger, a cold stranger, warm them up to be a possible lead, get their info. You never give your info. You always get it because they'll never call you. Okay. And then, uh, and then you call them, warm them up a little more with the phone and see if you can set up a time. Hey, I think you'd be perfect for this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And I don't want to get too far into the logistics of that, but the bottom line is it taught me how to go out, gain instant rapport with strangers, create a connection and then warm them up to be able to eventually sell them. And I sold a lot of strangers that way. And it just, it, in the beginning, it was fearful. And I really bring this up because no matter what you're doing, podcasting, I don't care what, you know, where you're at, um, this is a fear that needs to be overcame if you, if you want to be a true entrepreneur. Because uh, entrepreneurship is about people. Even if you're sitting behind a computer screen, it, it doesn't matter. So it, it, uh, it forced me out of my comfort zone and expanded me to now I was comfortable talking to anybody about anything and it just, allowed me to connect with more people, network with more people. Um, and that was a really, really pivotal skill that I learned. Okay. Then after about a year, I kind of burnt out from that. You know, it was, you know, it's a tough business because you have to constantly be recruiting new people. And then the people you recruit, you have to keep them excited about the opportunity. Yeah. So um, it just got a little too much. So I made some money, not much, but what I learned is invaluable. And I don't regret any of that experience, period. Um, and what it also taught me was they actually had these tape programs, cassette tapes. You play, you listen to them to motivate you to learn different skills and, you know, like personal development, self-help. And that kind of got me into the habit of, of doing that to this day. I mean, I read tons. I listen to tons. And for those people listening watching the show, um, I don't care who you are. You know, you have to be constantly you know, filling your mind with positive material and learning material because um, that's what makes you grow. So it got me into that habit. All right. So that's how that went. Then I got burnt out, but I knew I wanted to put my own stake in the ground. I didn't want to work for uh, anyone, period. And I wanted a real business. I was 18, 19. I was working at the family business full time. I went to college for like half a semester, but I, I knew that wasn't for me. I just went because you're supposed to go to college after high school, right? I was like, this is a waste of time. I was like, I know I can sell, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm in the family business, but I'm not making that much money there. And I knew I was just, I knew I had skill sets to do something real. You know, um, so one night I was 19 years old. I'm watching late night TV and there's an infomercial, no money down real estate investing. And I thought this was a beautiful thing because I had really no money 
And uh, it looked interesting, right? You can make people were making a lot of money on the testimonials on these things or whatever. So I'm like, okay, 250 bucks. Put on my credit card, boom, 250 bucks. And um, I got the program. It was a bunch of CDs and booklets, okay? Um, I went through the whole program in about a week and I kind of thought, um, I guess part of the problem with that program was some of the strategies weren't really uh, realistic and yeah. you'd have to coordinate tons of weird stuff to make it all make sense. And I was like, this isn't going to work. Some of the strategies were illegal in my state, <clears throat> which is fine. So the bottom line is it kind of discouraged me. And you know how people get these info products and stuff and they, you know, you're all hyped up, but you don't actually do anything. Well, I had that yeah. happen to me, especially because there were some of those discouraging factors I just mentioned. So I put it in my closet, went back to work, didn't think about it. <clears throat> so I collected dust for about six months and, Something just told me, you know what, like, I just got to do something. And this real estate thing may be the only opportunity. I know I'm an entrepreneur. I got to do my own thing. So I pull it back out, grab a few quick things that I thought would work. And the bottom line is I bought a duplex, okay, um, which is two units in one building. And I rented them both out. And I used some credit cards and all kinds of creative stuff to get my uh, the down payment and whatever else into rehab and fixed it up myself with my bare hands and some help from family and friends. And I rented both units out and I was making $500 a month passively after all the bills were paid. That's 500 bucks a month. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at, right? Then a couple months later, I borrow against that one, buy another one. That's another five. And then I the same thing happened. So I was making $1,000 a month with two properties, positive. Like on the first, I got paid. Uh, right. bucks a month. Like I said, and this is after all the expenses. So this is true income, net profit. So. I'm like, this is a solid business model. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there, but this really makes sense. It's solid. And you're building wealth long-term. You know, those tenants are paying off your building, so that's, you know, you can sell it. So I'm trying to make this as short as possible because my story is extensive. I'm going <laughs> to really sum it up here. So in a nutshell, I sell the first one six months later. I walk away with $22,000. Now I'm 20, 21 years old. I got a check for $22,000. That's a lot of money, okay? Um, and then... Six months later, I sold the other house and walked away $35,000. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You can make monthly income. You can make these lump sums, period. So and what happened was in my early to mid-20s, I borrowed millions of dollars. I went very aggressive. I, I, I bought and sold hundreds of homes. Uh, I built up like 100 units, had 50, 60, 70 grand a month revenue coming in, all kinds of crazy stuff. And... Most people listening probably know in 2008, there was a huge real estate crash in America um, with like depression-like scenarios. And uh, I, I was way over leveraged. It forced me into bankruptcy, okay? And um, taught me a lot. The bank, that's a whole nother conversation, the bankruptcy. The bankruptcy was the event that shaped, the best event that could possibly shape my entrepreneurial career. And there's so many things I could go into on that. but. Bankruptcy was phenomenal. It needed to happen. I feel like I literally enhanced my entrepreneurial skills 10 times going through that scenario. Um, it was just intense. So um, very financial low. But then I was able to bounce back. And I, you know, the, the winds changed. And I was like, yeah, we're in this depressed economy, but there's still ways to do things. And I really, you know, put my head to the ground, pushed forward. Um, and now I'm still financially dependent from real estate, okay? Because I'm doing things a little differently. I'm flipping homes that I don't own. I'm rehabbing and selling homes. 
I have free and clear rentals. I have a whole different strategy, and I'm actually teaching this, okay, um, to, to clients. I don't have any programs or anything like that right now, but I'm sure you can link this in the show. I have a site, alphahomeflipping.com. Um, sure. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a whole new model. I'm doing it very successfully. I still love real estate. You know, the economy's, cha the economy's changed. You know, and the people that don't adjust to those and bob and weave are going to go belly up. Um, and it just taught a lot of lessons for me and, uh, you know, it'll never happen again. But real estate's a beautiful business. I love uh, buying and selling real estate. I love teaching people real estate and seeing their results. And, uh, yeah, and then eventually I um, rolled into, I love, uh, I rolled into Recycled Go-Getter. I started that a while back and that's an interview show. Um and I'm trying to work on some internet marketing. I'm by no means a, a genius or guru when it comes to that. I'm still way behind the learning curve. You know, it takes a lot. So, so really, this is the show is kind of a, a part-time thing for you at, the, at this point. Yeah, it's kind of like my passion project where I'm, I get to interview cool entrepreneurs and uh, figure out how they ran their, you know, started their business. It's not really industry-specific, although I am going to be niching down soon to make it a little more industry-specific. Um, so. RecycleGoGetter.com is where you can see like the videos and then I have a podcast version called The Go-Getter Show. But uh, it's just a lot of fun and I don't know how I'm going to monetize it yet. There's no money-making model on it. But um, I am, you know, I am getting views and audience members and engagement because um, I love being an entrepreneur. And I, and I do love real estate, but I, I'm not just tunnel focused on it. Like I'm a very open-minded person and I have started in other, in, in within that time frame that I just mentioned, I have construction companies, carpet installation companies. Like I'm a true entrepreneur at heart. And I was like, you know what? I really just want to talk to people and interview these people, find out how they did it because I love those stories. I see those interviews on CNN and everything else. I'm like, that is so cool just to yeah. see what they did from scratch. Like, you know, and I really like to interview people that started from scratch because there's no relation barrier to the audience because the audience is at scratch. So if you start at scratch, even if you're a billionaire, that person, there's some, there, there's not that big of a relation barrier, which is important, you know, because you can't relate to who you're listening to. You're like, ah, oh, well, he had this and they had that and this family had blah, blah, blah. You know, they were rich and famous. You know, this isn't like that. So I figured I want to pick the brains of these entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, see how they started. And, and my audience is really appreciating it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, and that's kind of like for me, it was the same reason I started my show is I, I like the idea of connecting with people and picking people's brains and things like that, you know. Yeah, there's just something really intriguing about the rights to riches stories. I mean, since the beginning of time, people love hearing like how nothing turned into something. It's just, yeah. it's, to me, it's the most fascinating thing. It still never gets old. Like every new story is just really cool to hear. You yeah. know, I'm sure you can agree. Yeah, no, it, everybody's got something different that they're doing. And even if I, you know, I've had people on the show that are like in the same niche or in the same type of business, but everybody's got a different story. And yeah, have to share, you know, right. And kind of what bumps and bruises they had. And I really like to try to peel out, Hey, what did you go through? You know, what were some of your bumps and bruises? For me, I had severe ones, bankruptcy and craziness. I mean, it's just bananas. But, um, cause that also helps. I think the audience really realize that your, your situation that you're crying about could be worse. Mm. And people who were in situations 10 times worse than yours came through and now they're booming. So yeah. quit crying. I mean, you know, it's easier said than done because when I, I, you know, there were some tough, tough times in my in my entrepreneurial career with that bankruptcy and in the crash of real estate. I mean, I was used to having a lot of money, okay, like period. And to go 
to just that basement bottom level of financial, you know, situation, uh, that was very tough, very tough. But the lessons learned on, on such a wide spectrum from economic, you know, I, I, you know, just how I can see economic bubbles and, you know, spot different trends easier now because I know I, I kind of reverse engineered what had happened to me and the economy. You know, I kind of put that together and really broke down events, mild, subtle events that not even, I mean, you know, let's face it. I mean, uh, Lehman Brothers went down. They're a 150-year-old bank. They didn't see it coming. So it's not like I was just some idiot who didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. This crash destroyed a 150-year-old bank, okay? Uh, and obviously millions of other people um, way bigger than I was. So. It just really taught me a lot of that. It taught me about money management. Uh, well, I was pretty good at managing money, but just the value of a real dollar. You know, I started understanding what a gallon of milk costs. You know, like <laughs> what? I mean, honest to God, I, I bought a gallon of milk. I'm like, this is what this costs. And I wasn't like worth ten million dollars, okay? Uh, but I, you know, I was. I had a, like a two million dollar net worth, and I was in my twenties, and you know, had some decent revenue coming in. But it just really taught a lot, and you know, there's a lot of new habits I've gained from that experience, you know, so it, uh, it was, it was very necessary and I, I fully embraced that part of my past and I don't regret or reject any of it. Period. Yeah. Sounds crazy, but it's really true. I was going to ask, um, I know this is kind of backtracking a little bit just on your initial story here, but it sounded like when you were doing, uh, you know, MLM to begin that, that was sort of, you know, actually doing really well for you. Like you were recruiting people and bringing people in. Was it, I was, um, I mean, and I made some money. Yeah. I, um, I signed up about 40 or 50 people in my group and I actually was doing so well. And remember for people listening, this was prior to internet marketing. It didn't exist. So yeah. this was like old school MLM, like handshake, face to face, meeting people in public recruiting. Okay. Nowadays MLM is completely different, but um, yeah, I recruited about 40, 50 people in my group in, um, in a couple months and they were all like, you know, adults, whatever. And the leader, this like top leader, from out of town would come in on a weekly basis to work directly with me because he saw, you know, cause obviously, you know how that works. He can benefit, you know, if I keep growing. So he would focus all his time on me and he had hundreds of people in his organization and he, uh, we did a lot of stuff together and it just, you know, networking with him was really cool. And again, I learned a lot. I mean, it, it's, I'm not promoting MLM. I'm not knocking MLM. Okay. Yeah. It's work, you know, what, but uh, what I am saying is it taught me personally a ton. And it was a pivotal point in my entrepreneurial career, and I wouldn't be where I'm at today, I feel like, without a lot of those events. I believe a lot events shape me. You know, this bankruptcy, MLM, like they all write, like uh, Dr. Phil says, they all write on the slate of who you are, you mm -hmm. know, and it kind of slowly evolves you. Um, so very important stuff. And for people listening, uh, if you just to, just to make you feel better, you know, if you have gone through some hard times, even crazy hard times, uh, it's it's it, it shapes you. You know, it shapes your muscles, you know, uh, period. I mean, it's just, I don't know how else to say it. It's, it sounds easier said than done, but I personally have been through it. So I can say that, you know, it's not like I'm just some, you know, guy on a pedestal talking about that. I mean, I really have been through stuff. So I can personally say um, it actually, what it does in my belief is that uh, those tough events add more skill notches in your belt that you never would have had. You know, I mean, when you go through adversity, your uh, your skill, I feel like uh, you really enhance a lot of skill sets. I think it's important to go through some adversity for everybody. Yeah.
Yeah, I mean, I've I, I know I didn't mention this before, you know from our conversations, but I was in an MLM myself for about two years, but okay. I was pretty fairly unsuccessful with it. I, and this was sort of like my my turn. Someone that was in I, I was in a fitness MLM, Beachbody, who uh, you know they sell the popular programs like oh, 90x. Yeah, yeah. Was that an MLM thing or? Yeah, they do an MLM like you can basically promote like you know if you were to, like let's say you bought the P90x program or the Insanity program through me, you can make a commission. As well oh. as like you know their fitness supplements and stuff like that. Okay. But, um, and same same this? idea. How long ago? How long ago was this? I started it about two years ago, but um, you know, I, I just I, I loved the whole idea of fitness and like staying in shape, and you know, I was really into that, and I liked going to the events, and everyone was so you know pumped up, but I, yeah. I was terrible at recruiting people. You know, like I really couldn't. I remember sitting at Thanksgiving one year, telling all my family about it, and it's like you you know you get that feeling from them like. Oh God, he's one of those guys now. You know? I know. Yeah, believe me, I'm very <laughs> familiar with that feeling. <laughs> yeah, and it, and like, I mean, I, I really didn't. I, I enjoyed the, you know, like you said, you talked about reading. Like, I picked up the idea of reading personal development because I was involved in that. And yeah, you know, reading books like Think and Grow Rich or The Slight Edge, or I read a book called The Magic of Thinking Big. That my sponsor was so huge on that book. I'd see him post about it all the time. Totally. And, you know, those kinds of things, like, I feel like it has, like, shaped what I'm doing now, like you said, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're, to... you, you, you've learned valuable skill sets. I mean, who cares if you didn't make a buck? You're mm -hmm. able to do things now that you weren't able to do before. And to me, that's what's important. You know, yeah. who cares if you didn't squeak a buck out of that thing? Because you're going to make some money, um, in, you know, coming up. And you're going to use some of those skill sets, I feel like, that you learned from that experience to make your money, which is cool. You know, you just, it's a whole different way of looking at kind of the tough times that people have or, hey, I'm not making any money. This, you know, this whole entrepreneurship thing isn't for me. Well, that's, mm -hmm. that's just, that's a false belief that's going to unfortunately limit you until you reverse that. Yeah. I mean, even in this, this kind of like world of someone in Beachbody introduced me to internet marketing and I feel like I was sort of on, I'm not going to dive into it. It's a whole other story, but I was sort of on this bad side of marketers and internet marketers not really jiving with the right people. and. I started okay. following the right people and uh, basically I started learning as much as I can. And now year, year and a half later, I'm actually starting to bring in some income and I've started doing income reports. So it's like, you know, n now it's something's actually coming of it and I'm, in, I'm enjoying it, you know? That's awesome. No, that's really, really cool. I applaud you for that. Honestly, that is, that is really, that's a good feeling to know that yeah. you're actually generating income now from something real. You know? Yeah. I mean, even if it's small, I mean, I think I, I think I did under a thousand bucks like the last couple of months, but it's still like, that's just an addition to my full, you know, I'm still doing a full-time job. So it's. Dude, that's actually big. I mean, most people doing this are at zero or making super peanuts. So, I mean, the point is now you just have to like scale it or market it more or whatever, but the bottom line is you cracked the code and made money. So now it's just a matter of expanding on what you're already doing. Rinse and repeat, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, for me, there's so many little things you can do. You know, I've got a couple of these, like, Amazon niche sites that I've gotten interested in building, and I've now, like, gotten one of them to pay, you know, my primary keywords sitting right on the first page of Google, finally, you know, and that took time to, like, figure out how oh, that's going to all, you know, come about, and it, now I'm actually starting to see a little bit of money coming every month from that. Good for you, man. That's really cool. All that stuff, it's just so cool to, like, dive into everything that there is. I mean, um I don't know. Have you like looked into anything else besides podcasting? Like, had you done anything else when you really got started in this whole like online marketing, internet well, marketing niche? In 2008, I um, looked into affiliate marketing. I didn't even bring that up. I mean, again, my 
what I've done in the past freaking 15 years is crazy. But um, so affiliate marketing, I uh, looked into and it just I tried a bunch of stuff and none of it worked. You know, none of it worked. And I was promoting all this stuff I really didn't care about. And then kind of how you said, like I started running into people that were like, you can actually be online and do something you're passionate about and get paid. And that was total opposite of what I originally ran into with internet marketing. Whereas like you just, you, you, you set up the all strategic SEO, set up this, and then you do this niche site and, uh, you know, uh, put these links here. And um, I just wasn't really into it. You know, it's something that I knew I'd burn out from. I did burn out and I didn't make a dime. I think I made like, I don't know, 50 bucks for something stupid. Mm-hmm. But uh, AdWords, you know, pay-per-click, I learned, you know, so I did all that. I learned some stuff. Again, I don't regret it happening. But um, again, if I ran into some people were, that were like, you can actually be online and do cool stuff and get paid for it and do what you love and do what you know. So that's why I was like, all right, I'm going to start this site, interview people, and it's going to evolve. You know, I just started out as just a general, and it kind of still is, general entrepreneurship interviews. You know, it ranges from authors to people from Shark Tank to Gary Vaynerchuk and, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, but, how did you get him on, by the way? You just asked? <laughs> I, I, I pretty much asked, yeah. And I guess I caught him at the right time. Uh, we had an opening. Um, I think it was like a cancellation kind of opening where he, he was booked, but he, sl- he slid me in. Um, so, yeah, I actually, a lot of people have asked me that same question. How did I get Gary to be? Because I, I don't think he does too many interviews. Yeah, I've seen him on a few shows. I know like he was on, for example, the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast for the second time, like fairly recently. Yeah, well, obviously he knew there was serious exposure there, you know. Right, exactly. And that's why I was like, I I was telling, um, I don't know if you follow him. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but I, uh, there's a fellow podcaster who's going to be launching soon, a guy by the name of Navid Moasis. He's, uh, oh, he's I, he was in, yeah, he's in that group. Yeah, I don't, yeah, he's I haven't like, really engaged with him much, but why, what's up with him? Well, he, uh, I was telling him, we talk a lot on Facebook, he's a great guy, um, but he, he was, I told him, I said, oh yeah, this guy Nick, he just launched his podcast, and he already got Gary V on his like third episode, or something, I think it was your third one. First, like, or second I, one, yeah. yeah, yeah second yeah. one, yeah, he goes, how did, how did he do that? And I was like, I don't know, I, th- I bet he just asked him. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, I, I wish I could say it. it's, you know, I yeah, whatever, some connection. But no, I just asked and it just worked out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that um, I love interviewing. I think it's really cool. But I do, again, in want to niche down into more of like a specific entrepreneurial um, direction, you know, a specific, more industry specific as yeah. opposed to just general entrepreneurship. I think I can offer more value that way. And, you know, what, what uh, I've been hearing from people – I'm probably going to lose some like subscribers and you know, whatever. Cause I've heard this from a lot of people When they niche down, they lose people, but then they really start attracting important people that actually will pay them for stuff. And uh, that actually really care about the message as opposed to just being neutral. Like, yeah, it's a decent show, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a hard, like, and I've kind of battled with the same thing. I know we were talking about it before we started, but I mean, yeah, I know one thing I feel like I've, I've tackled a little bit more that I don't know. I mean, some people I see them doing it, but I don't know if they're, doing it quite as much as when I kind of started in this whole industry, I was looking around and I was like, all right, who's doing this? You know, Andrew Warner, David Seitman Garland. Those are the two dudes that I ran into a couple years ago yeah. that, that turned me on to interviewing period before yeah. all these podcasts came out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I was kind of like, all right, what, wh- who am I going to like, is this going to be a problem that there's already other people like doing this? And instead of like looking at them as like, Oh God, they're like competition. I like basically started, you know, becoming friends with those guys. Like, 
David has featured me on his podcast. So I left him a voicemail and I've interviewed Andrew. I know you have too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like both. And, and they both have different styles. They actually, are, they, you know, I really like both their styles. You know, Andrew's, I really like Andrew's style. He really knows how to like yeah. get in there. You know what I mean? He's actually the reason I found you because I asked him, I said, have you been on other shows? Like, have you been interviewed? And he sent me to your blog. Oh, recently or? This was like when you had your old WordPress site before it. I guess you, I know you lost your site at one point. I freaking, oh my God, you want to talk about tech idiots? Dude, <laughs> I lost that site. Like literally deleted it. Every freaking piece of content, every comment. Um, can you imagine that? It would, it yeah, vanished. I would be pretty upset at this point if I, especially, I got one site, I, One of my sites, it has, um, it's a music site and it's got over 1300 posts with embedded music videos from YouTube. And if I lost that, I, I, would be, I wouldn't start over. It would be yeah. pretty. You jump off a cliff. I mean, crazy. Yeah. Like, I banged my head against the wall. Like, it was freaking just retarded. So, anyways, yeah, my site now doesn't look as cool. But you know what? It is mobile responsive. And that's why it was deleted originally because my original site was not mobile responsive. And the person who developed it but didn't really know what they were doing. Right. So, I had to switch that because I looked on uh, my analytics and I saw a lot of mobile users, you know. Um, in fact, I'm going to ask you quick after the interview, how to install Google analytics on this new thing, but on, on my site, but anyways, yeah, I can show you some stuff. I'll give you some tips too for monetization. Cause I know you mentioned that with something. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, uh, yeah, so I lost the site and I had to do it all from scratch. It was just stupid. Another huge kind of little adverse scenario where, you know, I learned a lot of technical things coming out of that. So I guess. That's a positive. I, I self-taught myself this WordPress stuff, which WordPress has a learning curve for non-tech people, but now I get it. I love WordPress, you know, and the plugins, I know how to kind of function with that, but, uh, um, yeah. And then, uh, we're, yeah. I mean, it takes time to learn a lot of that stuff, you know, it does. It does. Yeah. So Andrew, why we're talking about, yeah, the interview guys and now everyone's interviewing and things like that. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to basically where I was going with that was that I've been reaching out to people like like yourself and e despite, you know, where you're at, like I found um, Navid because I was looking on YouTube, I was looking at the interview I did with Pat Flynn and it shows, you know, similar people and it had his name, you know, Navid interviews Pat and I was like, oh, this guy interviewed Pat too. Let's see what he's doing. Yeah. Now, we've been like working together. I did a guest blog post on a site, you know. Oh, cool. Like stuff like that. So it's like connecting with people. And um, I interviewed um, one of the guys who's been really taken off. I don't know if you follow Michael O'Neill, who does the Solopreneur Hour. No, I haven't really ran into him. Haven't heard of it. He's 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 doing pretty well with his podcast. Like he's already got a couple hundred reviews. I'm pretty like impressed about how he's like blown up. And wow. I've been um, following him. So I interviewed him, and he was you know only maybe 30 or 40 episodes in at the time, less okay. than me, and I'm interviewing him. You know. Wow. Because I, I figured connecting with as many people as possible, everybody's got a different angle, you know, and like, for example, with Navid, he's reached back out and like, we've been talking about working on a Kindle book together and different things. Like, it's all about connecting with people and totally agree. Totally agree. It's an old school thing that even though the online world is expanding with, uh, you know, virtual connection, it's still connecting with people, I believe is the key to success. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I'm super pumped because as of yesterday, we're recording this and I think it's what, January is it 9th? I think it's the 8th. It's the 8th. Yeah. So I had, as of yesterday, a buddy of mine, he, he runs this uh, web hosting company in Boston. I live in okay. Massachusetts in Boston. And he, um, 
he does like big collocation servers like racks and stuff, you know, charges people 150 bucks a month for their dedicated server hosting. Oh, um, I had my, my websites all in Bluehost, which everybody, that's you know, what I have. Yeah. Everybody recommends that, but I've had problems with that. It's gone down to me like three, four times. Really? Um, yeah, it's also I've been been, lucky, I guess. I've had no issues with Google. So I mean, far. I don't know if it was like where they put my sites, but it's just been god awful slow as well. Like it's just really bad in comparison to, you know, what I've I have another site that's on a friend's hosting company that he's got pretty low scale and um I decided oh, to do Bluehost to have more control, but uh, as of yesterday this guy who runs these big servers, you know, he put my web my web servers on like a I think his he said the server he put it on was like a $7,000 box. And it is like night and day in the load. Like lightning speed? Yeah, I mean, it was just a lot better. Like, I don't feel like I want to put my fist through the screen while I'm trying to update my WordPress stuff now. Yeah, dude, uh, updating WordPress, is is that normal for going in your dashboard of WordPress loads longer than any other site? I'm like, ah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I, if it's all, the host is the big thing. Like, I am noticing a massive, like, I use Pretty Link. it's basically yeah, I got that. yeah yeah so that i used to have to like open like 10 tabs because it would take so long to load each thing with bluehost it really like, yeah it was so i mean i don't know if it was just me um well let me ask you this this is a quick question do you when you put a picture in your posts your blog posts yeah do you just upload that to like wordpress hosting or do you like have a separate like you know how libsyn is for audio yeah, no, I, I do everything. Does, right does on that kill Word. your site? I, I think that would be pretty minor. I mean, I really doubt that that that's gonna, you know, for anyone. So you could have like hundreds of photos uploaded onto your WordPress, and it's you not could, gonna slow yeah. it down. Because yeah. I was worried about that. I'm like, does that, you know? Because again, I'm still pretty layman when it comes to the tech. So yeah, no, I really doubt it. I mean, it's really gonna come down to the host and the speed. I mean, I, I haven't heard okay. many people like complain about them, but they're so mass scale. I just, you know, I have other websites hosted with them, and a lot of them were. You know, overall, if you were to combine them all, I might be getting, you know, hundreds of visitors a day on all of them together. So it's really might be dragging it down just that much more. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess I'm not. Yeah, I don't have that issue yet, but uh, I guess we'll see. It's time yeah. to tell. I mean, whole, it's obviously cheap. I guess the whole point of the story was um, the all who you know factor is like yeah. this guy, like, you know, because, you know, he does this for a living and this is like his business. Um, you know, it's really brought me like, now he's probably going to do that for me, like potentially for free, which right. to host with him, it might've cost me, God knows, you know, like for really good WordPress hosting, you're paying $30 or, you know, more a month. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's all networking. It's all networking though. So, you know, that's how people get quote unquote lucky. They're yeah. networking so hard. You know, I, you know, it's like the more I network, the luckier I get because doors just open. You shake a hand all, him and all his doors open and then you meet those people and it's just exponential. The opportunity, but it is very necessary to succeed, you know, especially exactly. online, you know, because there's yeah. so much, there's a sea of competition online. You got to get in with the right people. Yep. Otherwise, you're just, you know, going to go on notice. Yeah. And that's what I love about podcasting, you know, just connecting with people. Totally. Totally. But um, I know, I know we've, uh, how are you doing for time? Like, do you still want to spend a few more minutes or do you? Couple, yeah, we got a couple more minutes. Yeah. I just want to make sure people know the, um, the other, that real estate site too, just so they know the alpha home flipping. Sure. If they want to go there. So there's recycledgogetter.com and then alphahomeflipping.com where I teach people, you know, the flipping of real estate with no money and uh, things like that. And I want to, I'm going to start a blog there soon too, but right now it's just a, like a squeeze page. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll put free, a link. Uh, yeah, put a link in the show notes. People can take a look. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. I think it's definitely an interesting niche. A, a buddy of mine does it. Um, you know, kind of like the buying real estate and renting and stuff, and he is doing really, really well. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful business, and the 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 bat. You know, I know real estate like the back of my hand. You know, I'm an entrepreneur, but what I what I need to start working on is how to packaging how to package up that info because I do one on one consulting right now, and that's great, but that's not scalable. You know, and I I want to help more people, and I've helped a lot of people succeed at what I do. So that's part of the online uh, marketing world that I'm working on too. You know, I'm not the greatest online marketer, but I want to be able to package this up into a membership or some type of product, you know? Yeah. So I want to ask, I guess to wrap things up, like, do you, um, like, what are some of your goals for like 2014? Like, what do you really plan to do with the show and where Um, where do you see it going? I see the show being niched down. I got a few things in mind, um, niching it down to a more specific entrepreneurial industry um, for the interviews. I want to bring on specific types of entrepreneurs. Okay. Uh, like all within the same general realm and interview them. Cause I think I'll be able to provide more value. And I think I know which direction I want to go. You know, I'm just fine tuning a few things and it'll, it'll make things a lot, uh, easier, easier for the audience. Uh, it's going to be kind of nice because I'm going to be learning from this specific industry. So it's kind of a win, win, win for everybody. That's kind of the reason I'm doing it too. Yeah. And then, the, and then the alpha home flipping.com. I want to roll out some type of uh, scalable model as opposed to one-on-one coaching. I want to work on uh, like a membership type of uh, site where we can, other investors can engage. I'll have new content. People will be able to look at my deals. You know, I believe in transparency. I'll show them the deals I'm doing. And you actually can learn a lot that way too by seeing how a lot of times when you watch someone else do something as opposed to them telling you how to do it, there's a lot of value there. Yeah. I just so those two sites are what I'm really balancing. And obviously my foundational real estate investing is always going to happen. I love investing. But the online thing, um, those two things pushing forward the way I said. What were you yeah. going to say? I think that's good. I was going to say um, I just finished building my first membership site with uh, an online friend of mine. We're splitting profits on a product. But um, if you need help with something like that, I can kind of maybe guide you a little bit or give you some tips on plugins and things you could use that work really well for membership. Do you, do you use a uh, wish list or I've heard of wish yeah, That's what I'm using. Yeah. Is that pretty easy? And I mean, for yeah, it's a little bit of a learning curve. Um, okay. You know, I guess for anyone listening, it's a membership site plugin wishlist member, and you can basically, um, you can do a lot with it. You can set up, give people an ability to like, you know, when they hit a page and they register and then you can go in and give them like specific rights, like depending, you could, make it so they can only see certain pages, give them different roles. I okay. think you can even mass email them right through the wishlist system. It's it's pretty cool. I really like it. So they cover all the angles on a, what a membership site should entail. Yep. And you know? then okay. you can also integrate with like popular payment sites like JVZoo. Okay. Stuff okay. like that. So if you and want you can to, have like, can you have it, is there a way to sell, set up like an affiliate where affiliate program where like recurring affiliate income and things like that or? I think you might be able to, I don't have mine set up particularly as like, like a payment model. You mean like where people have to pay every month? Um, Oh yeah. Oh, you don't have that. I don't know. It's like a one time you pay like 30 bucks and you're in basically. And that's, you use wishlist to make sure to keep the content protected. Yep. Uh, Okay. Uh, Yeah. I, yeah. What I'd like to do is eventually work in uh, like a recurring revenue model. Yeah. You might be able to, I'd have to look, but you might be able to do something like that with, the wishlist plugin, like integrate it with like payment processors and things like that. So people okay. would, you know, and okay. then maybe after like a set amount of time, you know, if they're not paying, then they get the boot, you know, and they don't get yeah. access anymore. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. But yeah, I think, uh, I think I think we covered a lot. Uh, yeah, we did. We packed it in. <laughs> I, I can tell we could keep talking for like hours because I got oh, a lot nah. to share with totally. each other. Totally, totally. No, this was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. So um, yeah, again, check out uh, Recycle Go Getter and your other site was I'm not going to remember the name. AlphaHomeFlipping.com. Alpha Home Flipping. Cool. And in the in the the podcast version of Recycle Go Getter, just for people listening, is called the Go Getter Show. A little different cool. name. Yeah, I'll put a link into that as well. Um, thanks for uh, taking cool. your time out of your day, Nick. Yeah, definitely, John. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed the interview. Thanks for having me, man. Yep. Talk to you later. All right. See ya.